We celebrate Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday in 1865, Confederate General Robert E. Lee surrendered to General Grant. This surrender ended the bloodiest war that had ever been fought on American soil. State against state, brother against brother, it was a conflict that tore our nation apart. Five days later, on Good Friday, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. It was Lincoln who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation that ended slavery. It was Lincoln who wrote and gave us the Gettysburg Address. On Palm Sunday, the war ended. Celebration, happiness, finally, we could stop killing one another. Day of celebration. Five days later on Good Friday, our president was killed. Sadness. Welcome to Holy Week. Welcome to the celebration and sadness of the next six days before Easter. That's the kind of world that we live in. One day we're on top of the world, we think that nothing could go wrong. And then suddenly, all hell breaks loose. That, as they say, is life. Go with me now to the year 1942. The first American troops are marching into London. We're entering World War II. The friendly reception kind of excites our young American soldiers. They're welcome, they're appreciated. It feels good. They sing as they march along, and then suddenly they take a turn, and they turn onto one of the main streets, and a hush falls over them. They stop singing. All that happiness just dies in a moment. They're looking for the first time at an area of London that's been blown to bits. It's been bombed. They see all the damage that the city caused, that the enemy caused with the bombs. They suddenly realize that this city has suffered terribly. In those young soldiers' hearts, one moment, celebration, and the next, great sadness. Life is like that, isn't it? Celebration and sadness, triumph and tragedy, sometimes in the same day. Do you remember the days when the best investment you can make was buying a house? Property values seemed like they were just going to rise forever. People looked at the equity in their home and they felt like they were getting somewhere. They felt prosperous. But we had forgotten the lesson of the stock market. In a free market, bubbles tend to sometimes burst. All it takes is one little pin. It's happened over and over again through history, but it seems like we have short memories. It's easy to forget, for example, that the stock market crash of 2000 to 2002 
caused the loss of $5 trillion in the market value of companies in two years' time. It could happen suddenly. Think of the damage, the economic damage that this pandemic has caused. We cannot begin at this point to be able to come up with a final figure because it's still happening. But think of the loss. The celebration and the sadness. Palm Sunday, Good Friday. Life happens. The amazing thing to me is that it happened to the Son of God. Proclaimed the King on Sunday and crucified on Friday. To me, it's incredible. Didn't these people realize who he was? Couldn't they see the miracles that he had performed? Didn't he raise Lazarus from the dead? Didn't he, couldn't they see that he was not an ordinary man and he'd done no wrong? Couldn't they see that he was the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, sent to the world by the Father to save mankind from its sins? How could they possibly not know? Who's wrong with these people? Maybe it was because he was riding into town on a lowly donkey. How's that for lowering expectations? In those days, as I said before, kings rode in on magnificent steeds, beautiful horses, not a donkey. But the king of kings comes in on a donkey. You might ask yourself, what was he thinking? Leaders. Aren't leaders supposed to project strength and power? Jesus was thinking about the prophet Zechariah. That's what he was thinking about. Zechariah prophesied that the king of kings would come, and that he would come riding into town on a humble donkey. Zechariah foresaw it, and Jesus fulfilled it. No wonder Holy Week moves from celebration to sadness. This isn't what the people expected. They wanted change, but change was nowhere to be seen. Besides, who can live with peace to the nations? Bring the troops home? Not when you have enemies that want to destroy you. Even Jesus' disciples expected him to show that he was the king by defeating their enemies. The two disciples on the Emmaus Road tell the resurrected Jesus, who they didn't know was Jesus. They didn't recognize him, but they told, us, told Jesus that they had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel in the Gospel of Luke. And when Jesus appears to his disciples before his ascension, even after all that's take, taken place, they still ask him. He's died and he's risen again. They still say, Lord, is it time when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this it? That's in the book of Acts. They wanted Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom. They weren't thinking 
like God thinks. And they wanted to make them his lieutenants. Man, were they disappointed. They wanted Churchill, and they got Gandhi. And so some of the crowd walked away, left him, and most of the crowd turned against him. Some who sang Hosanna on Palm Sunday shouted, Crucify him on Friday. Celebration and sadness. Palm Sunday, Good Friday. Makes us wonder. We can sit back and judge those people, but it makes us wonder, doesn't it? Would it be any different today? Would it be? Would we welcome Jesus into our town? Will we welcome him into our community? It's a great question. In a book called The Bible and New York Times, there's a story of a woman who wouldn't come to church on Palm Sunday. The reason she wouldn't come to church is because her church had a tradition of reenacting the scene in Pilate's courtyard. And they did this on Palm Sunday. Of course, that's the scene where the people are shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And she says, I can't stand being asked to shout those words, crucify him. And so I won't go to church that day. I just can't do it. The author of that book says, I always felt very sad for that lady because she missed the whole point. She could have come to church every Sunday of the year. She still would have missed the whole point. Because it's very important to think of ourselves as one of those people. She couldn't face it. How sad. If she just knew it, there's great power in knowing that. And there's great power in repentance. Can we confront our need for repentance? Would we welcome him into our tongue? You see, Christ, the real Christ, came as a disturber. He shook things up. He turned organized religion on its ear. Think of the things we value. The same things they valued in those days. Status. Power. Money. Image. How does it all fit? with a humble man riding on a donkey. It doesn't. Look at our popular action movie heroes. What do they spend their time doing during the movie? Blowing things up. Avenging wrong. Showing enemies who is stronger. Again, compare that with the humble carpenter riding into town on a lowly donkey. Do we get what it means when we say the words, Jesus is Lord? Maybe it means that we need to examine ourselves from time to time. Ask ourselves what it is we're living for. Ask ourselves, is it enough? 
Is this really the meaning of life? Or is there more? May I suggest that Holy Week is a good time for extra reflection. And maybe extra repentance. The celebration and the sadness. Palm Sunday. Good Friday. Life happens. The amazing thing is that it happened to the Son of God. Would it be any different today? Probably not. Years ago, Pastor Javier and Marianne Vieira went to the New York Historic Society. I can say that. The New York Historical Society to see an exhibit that had been recommended by a friend of theirs. This exhibit was called Without Sanctuary. It was a display of pictures and postcards that were all, they all had been collected by a man named James Allen, and they were pictures and postcards of lynchings that had happened throughout our country, the United States. The exhibit is hard to talk about today because this is a day of celebration. Picture after picture of a body hanging from a rope. Some were grotesque and disturbing pictures. But here's what Pastor Vieira says. What was most disturbing about those pictures was not the bodies of the victims. What was disturbing is that in each picture was a gathering of ordinary people who came to watch. They came to watch the horror take place. The lynchings, it looked like, were social events. People all dressed up for the occasion, a big event not to be missed. In one picture, as the body is hanging from the noose, you can see in the background a man smoking a cigar with a big smile on his face. In other pictures, you see people sipping beer, gossiping, smiling and laughing. You see a couple flirting and enjoying a little romantic moment. You see little boys watching with big smiles on their faces, seemingly filled with pride to be part of such an auspicious gathering. And something else was even more troublesome than the fine upstanding people in these pictures. The images of these events had not only been documented on film, they were also turned into postcards. They were cherished mementos to mail to your family and your friends. Okay, sounds pretty repulsive, right? But guess what? Those aren't pictures from Rome 2,000 years ago. Those are pictures of our own people 100 years ago, right here in the United States. As much as we would like to think differently, humans and human nature hasn't changed a whole lot. People are people. That's why discrimination, prejudice, hatred against people of another race or another religion or whatever prejudice might be out there cannot be tolerated. Not by us. Not by the people who follow a God, a Lord, a Jesus who was hung on a tree while soldiers mocked him and gambled 
for his garments as he suffered and died. Palm Sunday, Good Friday, life happens. It happened to the Son of God. It still happens in our world today. But here's the good news. The cross reveals what humans are capable of, the evil that we're capable of, but it also reveals the love that God is capable of and the love that we are capable of with God's help. Ultimately, the story of Holy Week is one of celebration and sadness and then celebration again. But it ends with the celebration. Because of Easter Sunday, because of Christ's victory over sin and death. So never forget that. That's why the cross is precious to us. It calls us to reflect. It calls us to repent, to take stock of our lives. But then it also represents God's love and God's grace that covers all of our sins, everything we ever did or will do wrong. Edward Grinnan tells a story about his mother. His mother moved into an assisted living home after Alzheimer's made it impossible for her to stay home and live alone. She'd only been in there about a week when he got a phone call from the administrator. The administrator said, I hate to tell you this, but your mom's been swiping things from other people's rooms. Socks, candy bars, t-shirts. Nothing big except one lady's cross is missing. He couldn't believe it. This was his mom. She was the most honest person that he knew. He said once she drove 20 miles back to the store because the clerk had given her too much change. Next time he visited her, he talked to her. He said, you got to cut that out, Mom. Did you take that cross? She shook her head, yes. She turned, reached into her purse, and pulled out a little silver cross, set it down on the table, on the table and stared at it and said, I wasn't trying to steal. Later, he took the cross back to the administrator and apologized, and she said, don't apologize. Your mom's a sweetheart. We love her. She's just trying to hang on to those things that mean the most to her. The next time he came to the assisted living center to visit her, he brought her a little silver cross. She stopped stealing. Never took another thing after that. Eventually, they had to move her to a facility where she could get more care and where, of course, she once again charmed everybody in the place. She even led prayers on Friday mornings, he said. She had forgotten almost everything else, but the prayers came to her lips as if she had just learned them today. And when she died, the saddest of all the people were the people that she prayed with on Friday mornings while she clutched that little silver cross in her hand. Her story gives new meaning to that line in the old hymn, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. The celebration and the sadness. They cheered Jesus on Sunday. They killed him on Friday. But God had the last word. Celebration and sadness. Celebration once again. This week, yeah, let's slow down. Let's reflect on the sadness the tragedy as we prepare for next Sunday. 
a celebration, a celebration of that final victory over death and over sin. Amen.